Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hey, BrainStuff, I'm Lauren Vogelbaum, and believe it or not, I was never particularly the athletic type. I have vivid middle school memories of being administered a standardized fitness test during gym class. I don't recall ever being taught how to do pull-ups or curl-ups, but I sure remember being tested on how many I could do in front of my class. The presidential fitness test was a battery of physical feats designed to assess the health of school-age American children. The test has since been retired and replaced by the less arbitrary and more forgiving physical fitness test known as Fitnessgram, but it left a significant mark on scholastic history. It all started in the early 1950s when fitness activists Dr. Hans Krauss and Bonnie Pruden administered exercise tests to thousands of kids throughout the United States, Switzerland, Italy, and Austria. U.S. kids came up shockingly short. 58% of them failed the tests, compared to just 8% of the European kids. Then President Dwight Eisenhower was not pleased. He took action by forming the President's Council on Youth Fitness in 1956 to seek out strategies for improving American kids' fitness scores. Concern mounted by the time John F. Kennedy took office. In 1960, he penned a Sports Illustrated op-ed about the perceived problem. An excerpt? In a very real and immediate sense, our growing softness, our increasing lack of physical fitness, is a menace to our security. And so, in 1966, the Presidential Physical Fitness Challenge commenced, a competition of sorts designed to get kids excited about physical fitness as it related to military service. The challenge included activities like a softball throw, a long jump, and that dreaded pull-up, all meant to mimic military tasks like grenade throwing and ladder climbing. To earn the coveted physical fitness awards, kids would have to place in the top 85th percentile based on national standards. The problem with all this testing, which, by the way, was usually done in front of one's peers, was that, according to experts, it didn't resemble the Krauss-Weber tests in any way. Rather than focusing on core and arm strength and improved flexibility, the Presidential Physical Fitness Challenge simply reflected the goals and priorities of the country and people who had formed their fitness philosophy during training in World War II. Years later, in 2012, the test was finally abolished and replaced by a more comprehensive fitness program designed to support individual goals rather than prescribe a standard fitness regimen. The change was the result of decades of negative feedback from both students and teachers. Physical education teacher Joanna Faber told NPR, The test was totally backward. We knew who was going to be last, and we were embarrassing them. We were pointing out their weakness. So where does that leave us now? And why are teachers still testing kids at all? We spoke with Marisol Vizali, a San Francisco Bay Area physical education teacher and massage therapist. She said, The reason for the tests, I believe, is basically to collect data so the state knows fitness levels of different demographics and counties, schools, cities, etc. But we teachers do our best to turn it into goal setting and teaching students about their bodies. We also turn it into awards for students with the most improvements or best scores to create some buy-in and get them motivated to be fit people. While the current program continues to focus on specific areas of fitness, there's a decidedly less militaristic approach to it. For instance, Vizali says, there are different options for each of the five categories that are tested, cardiovascular fitness, muscular endurance, muscular strength, flexibility, and body composition, which is muscle-to-fat ratio. These options acknowledge different types of fitness far better than the original test did, taking into account the different ways kids' bodies work based on age and sex, and acknowledging that fitness is a spectrum. So, how many kids do well on this test? Vizali said, 
The number of kids that pass usually depends on the school. In Burlingame, California, for example, where I teach, most kids pass, I'd say 85%. But that has to do with a lot more than just our awesome physical education teachers. She explains that the kids in her community are really active outside of school, whereas in poorer areas, the number of kids that pass could be much lower for many reasons. Children might not be active outside of school due to lack of local programs, time, or funding. Punishing and humiliating tests certainly aren't the way to get kids in shape, but encouraging physical activity of some kind is important since it's been shown to help kids build cardio fitness, strong bones and muscles, and even reduce symptoms of anxiety and depression. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, only 21.6% of 6- to 19-year-old children and adolescents in the United States get 60 or more minutes of moderate to vigorous physical activity at least five days per week. But don't be discouraged. Any activity is better than no activity. There are lots of guides online to making fitness fun, even for the less coordinated among us. Today's episode was written by Michelle Konstantinovsky and produced by Tyler Klang. For more on this and lots of other fitting topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. Hold up. 